This content was produced by the Chitlin Circuit Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. Find more information on Instagram at the Chitlin Circuit. Georgia. 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 We on the grind. All right. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. This is Phaedra and the Next Narrative 313 team. Um, happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What up? What up, though? Happy New Year. I think I just coughed, and I feel like I just saw Dr. Johnson kind of jump back from the screen when I coughed. I don't know if that happened for yeah. you. Is that so? <laughs> is that so? Listen, COVID is still very real, and... Yeah. 2021 is showing. She the 2021 is showing that she is 2020 with a wig on. Um, so we not gonna trust nothing new. She said we ain't done yet. Not yet. Not yet. But for our new viewers and listeners, I need my brothers and my sister to introduce themselves. I am Patrice. I'm Richard. And I am the one and only magnificent. No, let me stop. <laughs> and we together are the next narrative three one three podcast. You know how we do. Yeah. We have the boo boo, whatever you know. You know how we do. Back yeah. at it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So with this kickoff to twenty twenty one, there was a ton that has occurred in the first twelve days of the year, and I think that. In addition to decompressing from 2020, which was one heck of a year, um, we are learning that there's just as much to digest in the first two weeks of 2021. Um, so, again, we are going to discuss everything from the Georgia Senate runoff um, to stimulus checks. Did your STEMI hit your account? Yes or no? Um, as well as. Or a check. Okay, as well as the first 100 days. Um, in the state of Michigan, the charges being brought against um, previous Governor Schneider for the poisoning of Flint's water systems. Um, Tanya Allen, the illustrious leader of the Skillman Foundation, is now transitioning to a new role. And then we will go into cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and things of that nature. And then last but certainly not least, pop culture. A bit of culture for your brain in the midst of everything else we got going on. So I am going to... <laughs> Transitioning to my good brother, Dwayne, who is going to open us up with a bit of substance. As always, you know, I've been looking forward to having this conversation with this group. I mean, so many great minds and I can't wait to get into it. Um, so, you know, after the 2020 elections, you know, a lot of turmoil was going on, but people were looking to Georgia for what was going to happen in January. Um, needless to say, um, history was made as far as what the numbers were and turnout. Um, the people who were responsible for it. Um, in the right. Good yeah. afternoon, good evening, good morning. Absolutely. And it led to, um, <laughs> if you follow politics, um, a Congress that would be more favorable to Democratic uh, uh, policy because the Democrats have the House and the Senate and the executive office with Biden. So it was a really big win. And we know that it happened. Um, I don't want to say on the backs of, because I think that's so negative. I think it was through the mind and through the actions of what our sisters did down there, finding a way to organize and building new models to do it in COVID and through technology. So let's talk about, you know, just what it took to get it done. And, you know, the woman of the hour that's representing the people who did all the work, you know, Miss Stacey Abrams herself. Let's talk about her, her contribution, the candidates and what it means to the, to the wider uh, political spectrum as well. <clears throat> So what were y'all thinking like when it when, when you woke up the next morning? And I mean, it was kind of like the election a little bit, right? It was. It was. It, it's like you woke up to it was for me. It was, I mean, Christmas and my family was cool, but it was a Christmas in a different way. But what were the thought? What did y'all? Because I, I I know I hit up all y'all when when it when it happened or whatever, and I was extremely excited. What was the thoughts? <clears throat> I, I oh go ahead, Doctor Patrice. Look. I would say, and I'm going to be real brief, so Pedro, I'm coming right to you, but I, I would say I expected them to win. Like, I, I, I expected them to pull that out. Um, and, and I don't know, if, I can't say what it was rooted in, but I just had kind of that faith that this is like, I can go to sleep tonight. The previous election, I was like, okay, we're going to be up 24-7 for five, the next five days until this thing is over. 
But with the runoff, I just believe that Georgia was going to pull it out. And then when you looked at those early numbers, it was the exact same story waiting on populations that, you know, were highly Democratic or and also highly populated by African-Americans just totally flipped, flipped Georgia. But I, I agree. I think because of so many events that happened in that same week, um, the significance of that win is really trifold. One, you have the first black senator from Georgia, right? Um, you have the connection to, from, with them to, you know, just the, the legacy of black leaders in, in Atlanta, in that area, and then to finally have a senator. And then you also have a Jewish man, right? So I think not only was this significant because, okay, you all flipped the uh, flip the state, but then you flipped it in such a significant symbolic way. So, um, so I think that that's what made it so special. Um, and I absolutely support all of that. Um, my biggest takeaway from it was, please put some respect on Stacey Abrams' name. Like, let's address the fact that a woman who was deterred from this political from this. Um, seat of service during a previous election said, okay, I understand what failed in the system. I understand how the system did not serve me or the people who look like me the first go around and then went to go fill those gaps and did not go back to run for another seat. Turned down some, some, um, turned down being tapped for other political appointments, efforts to do the grassroots work, and in turn yielded all of these symbolic and historic developments. I really want us to be cognizant of that level of change, like especially on the cusp of everything that we have going on right now, like I'm super proud of Georgia. I think that they did a very a great job holding up their end of the bargain, black Georgia specifically. Um, we were rooting for you and you guys came through. We appreciate that. Um, my biggest, biggest ask moving forward is for the rest of the country. If you feel as though the election was far more stressful than what it should have been in your town, if it was too stressful to get out and get to vote, if it was too stressful for you to get an absentee ballot or to figure out where your clerk was, Stacey Abrams literally wrote the playbook for what our role in elections should look like moving forward. And I think that that is something that we should both give her credit for and use her as a national standard for moving forward. Yeah, I, uh, I was hype as... I've been in a long time when I woke up and, and saw that. Um, I remember I hit up Dwayne and I was like, I don't even know what it looks, what she did. I don't know what it looks like, what she did. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I know what happened, what the result of it is, but I can't even imagine, right? I couldn't even imagine at that time of what it looks like, what she pulled off. Um, and it was so many things that popped up. I think the first thing that popped up in my head was, we may have to go back to Democratic Party and switch some switch switch some roles right now or whatever. Right. Ask her what she right. wants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first posts I, I I saw on Facebook, my friend, she was talking about Stacey Abrams being a kingmaker, um, and then for some reason this thought of you know like taking a seat or taking a role of uh, a political role. And for me, and I'm taking three of yours, which is what she did, right? Um, so all of these things popped up in, in my head or whatever. But I was extremely excited. I know some th- other things kind of popped off later in the day. And I couldn't even, you know, I was still celebrating what she had done um, and what everybody in Georgia did, right? Um, they really came through. If I see anybody from Georgia, like if you see me in a bar like post-COVID, I know y'all partying right now, but post-COVID, right. you can't say that I don't owe you a drink. Um, extremely proud of everybody down there and, and, and what they pulled off. Uh, absolutely. So I think, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No. No. I was just going to say, I think um, I, I definitely, in fact, when Richard called me and he was like super, super hyped, um, I went ahead and purchased her book because I, I am curious to what we can pull from her leadership. I think, um to Phaedra's point, her her saying, I'm not even going to rerun again. I'm focused on systemic change. So perhaps I can serve in this vein and really lead to massive structural overhaul. Like that, that says so much about the context of what true leadership looks like that uh, that 
there's there's a capacity for folks who do not need to be at the front, who can really lead from behind or lead from the side and get so much more work done. You know what I'm saying? But I think people glorify the people that are in public office or are in these different spaces and not the folks that are willing to do the grunt work or the work that's not as pretty or the work that doesn't get um, the same type of accolades as other things. So I think I'm curious, I'm going to finish reading her book, and I'm really curious to glean from what, do, what, what can we learn from her leadership style and her leadership technique? Uh, absolutely. I think everybody kind of spoke to a lot of interesting perspectives to it. Um, one that I wanted to speak to was, I think, you know, what was done in 2020 as far as elections and what was done in Georgia just here earlier in the year um, really kind of retired a lot of old playbooks of what politics and what organizing looked like. Um, so, like, this is going to be a change, and they'll be using these tactics, um, you know, until the next, you know, genius comes along and, and, and puts together infrastructure and does that. So I think just the fact that, you know, people who will be running in, you know, next time around are still going to be using these tactics because they they are successful and they were genuine. Um, so I think just setting a standard on how to operate in that space, and especially in, in organizing and campaigning, that's usually such a white space. It's usually such a, a top-down democratic space. Um, where you know you where we have the talent, but you got to maneuver through. But now to have somebody with the the, the top practice that changed um, what voter turnout looked out at the micro level and at the macro level on all kind of demographic lines um, is something that people are going to write case studies about and, and, and studies about and, and put work into as far as just the theory behind organizing. So I think that's going to be absolutely amazing moving forward. Um, I think another thing that's unique about it is um, the fact that. And, and, and I mean this with all with all respect, but it seems like you know what is great about it is that everything turned. Um, what could have been greater is that um, you know the top still kind of looks like the top. So you had a brother and you had a white man from the efforts of all these people we're talking about. Um, the face of it is the face of it, and I'm really proud for the brother. I think I think there is a time and there is a place where we still need to see brothers ascend, um, so our sons can see some fly shit too. Um, so, so I'm glad to see that, but it, but it was kind of bittersweet to say, man, why did it have to come at the expense of somebody else who wanted to run and have that spot? Um, mm -hmm. So it's great that it happened, um, but 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 I, I would love to see people who do the hard work also get the shine at the top and have the meetings and fly the jets and go to Congress and make all these moves instead of no, I'll go ahead on go down there and do the work while we go do the fun stuff and and shake hands. So it's like you know, when, so are we really seeing change or is it more of the same? Um, so, you know, I think that take is kind of interesting. Um, and, and I want to kind of use that to kind of transition forward. But do we have any other takes on, on you know, uh, Georgia and kind of the impact that it had or, or, or kind of even as we move into kind of what moved, at, what, what took kind of the steam from that victory um, later on uh, that day? I think that's an interesting take. Um, <clears throat> if I'm picking up what you're saying, just kind of the black woman saving the day, right? And somebody else putting on being on the forefront is that is that what it okay? Um, that's in there, yeah. I didn't look at it like that, but I, I think that's I think that's um, that's accurate. I think that's something to keep in mind and something to think about. I still, I th still, I I think her glory is. I think she can choose where she wants to take it at this point. Um, I look at her like you know we all seen that clip of like when uh when Puff was on the phone and he did a deal. And slam the phone down like it's yeah. done. I can do it. What, what else? What else do y'all want me to do? I can do it. Like we could put her face on that on that clip now. Like right. um, I look at her like that. I hope a lot of people look at her like that though. You you're right. That is a a, a great point um, to make and to think about. I, I think when you talk about the implications of this win now, yes, I I did want to take in a moment to reflect and celebrate the people that made it happen. But then my, my first tweet, I think, after was, uh, Joe, you got 24 hours to get these student loans up off the <laughs> like you Like, you have, you, you have two years at this point where you don't have the same Senate that Barack Obama had. You should be able to be like, up, oh, I want to do this. Let's get it going. So uh, you got 24 hours. The clock starts, uh, you know. 12 o'clock yesterday. yesterday. This is the clock started yesterday. I don't care about all this other foolishness. Let me tell you something. You're talking about I'm, 10K. 
It, well, okay. Well, first of all, 10K is like me going to the corner store, getting, getting, getting like a bag of hot flaming Cheetos for 25 cents and, and a quarter juice. Don't play me like that, okay? I don't need you. people 600. We don't even want to start on that, okay? <laughs> we don't even want to go there, okay? And, he, and here's the thing. He's tweeting He's tweeting about uh, this $2,000 check that he claimed he going to send. Look, you got 24 hours, okay? You got 24 hours. That's, the, that's how I view the implication of, oh, you have to send it now, too? Y'all got to yep. give him 100 days. Joe, it's a double-edged thing. The sisters have removed all excuses. Yeah. Uh, all possible excuses, all possible roadblocks. Every last one. Every hey, last you got to thank them on both ends of that mm-hmm. and deal with it. My mailbox is open. Wait for my checks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you, but I can, you know. So, like, so, so what would that look like? So we, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. So, so what would that look like? So, you know, you know how stimulus is, is kind of built now with what they were giving to people. Parents got it. Kids got it. So is that. Two thousand dollar to mom, two thousand to dad, and half of that to the kids. So are, are people coming up between eight and ten k? Are they talking about, or are they just gonna send one two thousand dollar check for everybody? And is it so? Then I have another question: Is it what student debt are you forgiving, and how do I make sure? Because if I'm thinking about other government subsidized education awards, so for instance, if you think about AmeriCorps, you do a term of service, you get an Ed award. They don't cut a check to you; they cut a check to your school or pay off your loans, which are owned by the federal government. Well, Fed Loan Servicing owns my loans. So, Joe, <laughs> okay, all right. Y'all in the same department. They in the you house. got that number, brother. Go Work find it. Out. Go find it. <laughs> um, but how are you administering that money? Because what you don't want to do is give people $2,000 and then tell them, honor system, go and pay off your loans. Um, and not to say that people should be micromanaged, but again, my concern is how how are you what in what way are you going to govern this student loan forgiveness? Uh, uh, short of you just pressing delete on somebody's loan, if you really expect somebody to get two thousand dollars in free money um, in the midst of this pandemic, and then for them to be like, yeah, I'm gonna pay off these student loans. I don't even know if I'm gonna make it to the end of the year. Like, if we're being honest, no, nah, y'all ain't getting this student loan money. You, yeah. I don't have nothing for you. Put put they put put my stemmy towards the student loan and uh, <laughs> work it out with them. Hit press and delete. Just send me a paper e- a email of the you know whatever it is, and also a physical copy. And I'm I'm righteous yeah. right there. I think the point though, I think is though, like you know. How I think they can find a way to administer it, real talk. I just think that how serious will they be? You've heard people say, uh, you know, 10K. You've heard people say 50K. Heard people say they want it all gone. Um, you know, but, you know. You know, I think the create, you broke up, Dwayne. Oh, uh, I froze. froze. <laughs> but keep jumping though. I, I think the creative, I think the creative thing to do would be there are limitations to the access that America is supposed to provide based off student loans. So when we're talking about buying homes, your debt to income ratio, there, you know, the access to, you know, getting to build wealth is oftentimes restricted because of student loan debt. So I think the creative thing to do would be how do you eliminate some of these other barriers based off student loan debt? Yes, forgive the 50. Plus the 10, so I think that brings us to 60. So forgive all of that. And 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 then think of and then think of the the policies and the, the situations that people end up not being able to gain generational wealth the same way as others because of these barriers. Housing being one example. Absolutely. Yeah. Um it, uh, so you know, you know, that kind of makes me start to think of, you know, as Biden has to address, you know. Uh, we talk about student loans. We got to talk about, you know, coronavirus and the vaccine and what that looks like. Um, we're still trying to put together economic stimulus for people, um, get people back to work. Um, you know, so, you know, they have a, a, the Democrats have the House and the Senate. Um, immigration, some people was trying to get thrown in there. Um, you know, so, so they have this kind of Molotov cocktail of issues. And I think we're going to start to see where people kind of start to cast themselves. 
And what I unfortunately expect is, back to that one we were talking about earlier, we saw who put in the work to make sure Democrats won. But how, much, how, how long until those issues from, the, from that population get to the top of the, of the list? So again, you know who voted you and Biden, you know who got these people the way, to where they are in Georgia. So, you know, are those people's issues going to go to the top or, oh, we'll get to it, get to it. Two years later, Republicans come through and do what they do. And then, oops, sorry, come vote for us again because it's two years time. So, you know, as I think about, you know, so how do we hold these people that we just lauded um, accountable enough to say, you know, we treat our friends different than we, we treat our enemies, but how do we keep them accountable? And what do we want to see from this Democratic majority that we've been so happy about, um, you know, why they have it? Yeah. I, I, oh. I think that comes from you placing the onus on the people who are going to be on the hill. So we have, so the same way we were putting Gary on notice, yep. you have to go to work in the Capitol on a regular basis. So when you go to work, be clear about what the shortlist is. Um, and that brings me back to like whoever the Kingmaker is. So Stacy, she has some pull right now, mm-hmm. but in efforts to, and efforts to maintain that power, she has to create more favors. You have to, she has to continue to perform. Right which is a a sad reality, but at some point, the person on the other end of the phone has a bigger bank account or has a bigger backing, and you can't, you're going to call Joe and be like, listen, remember what I did for you in Georgia? At some point, what she did for him in Georgia is going to take a second seat to whatever it is that he's trying to prioritize. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my mind, okay, cool. I don't expect to walk into Walmart and see the CEO of Walmart at the door. It would be nice. It would be all gasping and astonishing. Same way I don't expect to have an issue with the city council or be upset about my garbage not being picked up. I'm not going to talk to Duggan. Um, I'm going to talk to my council member. I'm going to go talk to whoever the the regional director is for my area. It is your job. And if it does not happen, it's a direct impact on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we need to keep in mind. Like, yes, she did a, a marvelous thing. What, and I don't want to take away from that, but not at I, all, don't, not at all. I don't want us to get in the habit of being like, all right, so that's going, we did it now. So now you owe me. What, so what happens if they don't do it? Even after you go talk to them, your council member, you gotta have the power to snap something. All right, cool. So you out of there, right? Yeah, you gone. Yeah. But that also places the responsibility on me to say, okay, in efforts for me to put you out, I got to make sure that there's a sound candidate coming behind you. Because what I don't want to do is get rid of you and get worse. Um, which is the reality that you run with. All right, cool. You told me no right now. So it's a delicate balance act. I think everybody should be put on notice, but you got to give them a short list. You can't just be like, do better for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, we, I think, Pedro, where we, where we, what we lack is the defined agenda. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've always liked that. Shout out to be me for having an agenda. Yeah, but I do think we we struggle with saying we need this done, and and this is when and how we want this done. But I also think to your point before we can even, as you were listing, here are the things that we've got to tackle. The elephant in the room is January sixth, right? So the same way that we treated terrorists after nine eleven, the yep. same has to be said for yep. white men. And the terrorists that we see that are that is legitimately the face of terrorism right now. So, and the fact that we're not treating them that seriously, I think it's starting to get a little bit better. You're seeing them make these arrests, but I do not doubt. Like, I I, I wonder in my brain, come January 20th, is this fool gonna really leave? Like, get your stuff, bruh. Like, I really don't think he's gonna be like, all right. I'm out. I really don't. I, I don't think he's going to leave peacefully. I think they're going to have to be like, let me grab you and move you. So, so I, I looked into, um, number one, I'm surprised they, ain't, they didn't sell out of Burger King by getting all them clowns Burger King uh, yeah, when they were into the, in the Capitol like they did do mm-hmm. in uh, South Carolina. But um, I saw something that said that they had a plan, they had a process because they don't want to, because he gets a detail when he leaves. And they don't want to say it again. If he is not impeached. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it was, it might've been before this or I mean, before we're going to get to that, um, everybody, we just want to limit and protect our peace from Mm -hmm. talking too much and giving it too much energy. 
Yeah. So we're protecting our own energy. But I think that they said they don't want to kind of have like his detail against another detail. So they do something as far as like basically like if you got a landlord and you you got somebody that's in your house and you you know what I'm saying? So you you they they they'll they'll stop delivering food to the White House. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They'll turn off the utilities, that type of stuff or whatever. Um, I think that's the process if he was not to leave before all of the stuff that happened on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was a process. But now, like, you, you know, we, we haven't talked about it yet, but you see Mitch is saying he's happy about the uh, the new impeachment, which is funny or whatever. It's but, all funny. It's all yeah. funny because what I agree with is he has been showing who he is in the words of Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. Show you who they are. Believe them. And he has been showing you who he is. He is a white supremacist at every single turn. And he has emboldened other white supremacists to continue doing these terrorist acts, right? Yep. So I think that we have to move with with this aggressive energy around shutting that down. Like the same way you all remember, we were like, when I was in the seventh grade when 9-11 happened, but you recall afterwards the stigma that um, Arab Americans had, right? There was stigma associated with them. There has never been a stigma associated with white men who perpetuate racist ideologies. These jokers had a noose outside of the Capitol building. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, and I, I still don't think people reverence the idea of there has not been a stigma or or notification that this is what this is the type of person this is. And if if you're gonna put the same stigma on somebody after 9/11 and make it convenient for you, we talk about that in critical race theory. Like, this is convenient for you to ostracize or demean a type of race or ethnicity because it benefits you. Nah, bruh. Keep that same energy. You mm -hmm. are a domestic terrorist, and we have to treat you as such. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's a great take. I, so I, I watched on Snapchat. I watched, you know, on TV, um, and it kind of, I don't know, it was like, it, it, it was, it was mind-blowing to see, but I wasn't surprised. Um, I, I wonder what, what's going to happen in the long run. Um, as far as, you know, legality, um, I think that, you know, we can always look at history as our guide. Um, so when you think about when insurrections like this have happened in the past, not necessarily on the Capitol, but when you think about, you know, the Revolutionary War, you know, the U.S. against uh, England, when you think about the Civil War, North against the South. Um, after, you know, the Civil War, it was a 10-year period of reconstruction, but after that, the people, uh, the slave owners got everything back. So, yeah, these people made, they did wrong, but these are typically the same people who, who were exhibiting that same behavior. So, yeah, they're going to slap them on the wrist now, but is it like, okay, well, back to normal because you're ours the same way we did in the past. So, I don't have any confidence that they'll be, you know, taking the task. Um, if they do, they'll become martyrs and keep building this after-presidency Trump hate campaign. Um, I think that, you know, it's completely out of whack. Um, but I also think um, there isn't a reason to be as fearful as people are making it. Uh, we saw this summer in cities around the country, people on the other side was walking up with whatever they had to prove the point that they wanted as well. So this isn't just, you know, these Americans are storming the Capitol. Well, you roll up to the, some of the wrong BLM and other kind of protesters, you're going to get something to you as well. So I think like the, the fear they're trying to drum up, like, oh my God, be afraid to go outside, be afraid of your neighbors, be afraid of these Republicans. Okay, well, they need to be afraid of people who feel just as passionate about the other side when they were out last summer as well. So I just think that, you know, there, there's always another side and we gotta, you know, kind of allow for that too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to that, just to re in response to that, if you think about like horror movies and stuff like that, and um, a lot of our family and friends will say, why the hell did he go through that door? Why did they run into that dark spot? We don't do stuff like that. So we, no, we won't, we right, are not right, worried. Right. Everything right. that, I, that I'll, I'll, I'll learn from this will be from a computer screen or a TV screen. They go, I'll let them figure it out. And, and, and I, again, I'll encourage everybody to stay in the house. This ain't got, this ain't our fight. Watch it, pop some popcorn and let them figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So no, I don't. I, I don't think any of us are scared. <laughs> um, 
One thing that I, I do want to kind of talk about, just because we're kind of talking about geopolitical stuff a little bit, and then but on the tech side, right? So, um, and this has something to do with the having the Senate now. You see Twitter kicked him off. You see face Mark Zuckerberg, I think the day after, he had a, bit, a post on Facebook. Um, they got rid of, uh, what's the, uh, the other uh, parlor? Or whatever, everybody separating themselves from parlor. That's interesting, right? So since I've been kind of um, learning how to trade stocks and investing and stuff like that, I've been hearing all of these, um, all of this communication about how people are kind of fearful of the government, of the democratic government, right? They're saying tech stocks might go down and things like that, right? And then we see them kick Trump off. His language has not changed from like you guys have said from day one. It has not changed, right? But now they're they're doing all of these things to kind of sign. And then I I hear from both sides, from Democrats and everybody, like uh, what do they say? Um, not silencing. What's the word that everybody uses about not since okay. Yeah, censoring is not is un-American and stuff like that. Um, but I think that conversation is interesting. And again, his 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 language has not changed from day one, from prior to him becoming the president, and uh, until now. So I think that's kind of um, interesting that they all took that stance. And I put them in the same bucket as Cruz, who he walked all over and, and literally dragged um, all over the country as uh, Rubio, who he got dragged, uh, you know what I'm saying, who, who started backing him. And now they're kind of um, against him again and stuff like that when it's convenient or whatever. I put all of them in the same bucket. But like I said, we still invest in tech, but that's just my, my two cents on that, though. So for me, I feel like um, his speech since he became president has gotten worse. Like okay. the comparison of his first tweet compared to his last tweet, it was like, oh, check me out on the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show. The last tweet was, I am not going to be at the, at the inauguration. Like, he sound like a mad girlfriend. Like, you piss me off, I'm not coming. Um, my issue with that is I feel as though, correction, we know what it is. Biden's first 100 days, he plans on erasing that corporate tax plan that all of these big companies were eaten off of as a result of Trump, which was largely why he was still allowed to be so indignant on those platforms. Like, we're not going to play like Mark Zuckerberg did not donate to his campaign. We're not going to play like Twitter didn't donate to his campaign. Um, And with all of that in mind, okay, the hand that's going to feed you has changed. So I get it. You got to change up. You got to switch up how you're doing things. One thing that I think people are selective about is freedom of speech only extends as long as it does not impose on the good, uh, the common good. His direct, like they, it might be a reach, correct, but literally his direct inflammatory statements are being cited as the reason why people are behaving this way. There were three deaths in the district as a result of a tweet that he put out in December that says, see you January 6th. Now, if we would like to claim that, oh, that was not him referring to this particular incident or the good old boys wasn't coming to come find him, whatever the case is, what we fail to acknowledge is that his freedom of speech has cost people their lives. So it's not censorship in the sense that we want to keep you from being able to... um, expand on your happiness or life, liberty, and all the other things that the forefathers promised us in our founding documents. Nah, dog, you killing people with your words, which is crazy. So yes, at that point, we need to make sure that you, there is some type of oversight for you. And if that means that you are removed from a completely (coughs) volunteer, like this, Twitter isn't a right. Facebook isn't a right. I don't have to give that to you. Um, You can still say the same things in the freedom of your own home or out in public. You just can't do it on my platform. He could get on TV if he wanted to. Um, So I do want to bring up Facebook got sued by the government as uh, whatever the same thing they sued AT&T with uh, the bell system with back in the day. I I believe it's the same thing as far as breaking up. And some companies are built for that. Like Amazon, they're built to deal with stuff like that. But some Mm -hmm. companies aren't. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. If it, it was, if it was me and I had a company, I could not associate, associate someone with my company because I may, I may get sued for those deaths, which is, that's how I, I'm kind of looking at it as well as a business decision. Like, yo, you, you let him talk all this stuff. 
um, and people are dying, we may have to hold you liable. And we know the government is 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 down to do something like that as well. So I think people should look at it a, a couple of different ways. I'm glad it is off of there anyway. Uh, so I got an interesting take on that one too. I think um, we always see businesses kind of arc, especially the, the big ones that kind of go are, that are that are generational. Um, with with cutting off Trump from those social networks. Um, provide a, a nice seated network for competition to rise as we see that, you know, government policy towards tech is about to make a lot of them break up. So you're, you're kind of saying, okay, we've thrown you off ours, but what we always know about tech is the next thing that's, that's coming. So Twitter and Facebook are institutions now, but as things move forward and as we look at this next kind of market bubbling up and it's, it's going to be wild, wild west a bit more because you're breaking up the big ones, you're kind of letting a lot of your market share out of the door to become your competitors. Um, so now everybody isn't on Facebook. Now we do it like the news. Some people watch MMSCB, MSNBC, some people watch Fox. Now I'm on Twitter or I'm on Parler. Now I'm on this one or I'm on that. So you're cutting when everybody used to be on everything on that same one. So think about it from that perspective. I think it was an interesting take. But I do agree with Phaedra to her point. Um, the new king is here and we're going to move to those policies. Um, so uh, as far as the, the company's moving, but I, I wonder what is going to be kind of the, the long-term effect of taking someone who, um, in, a, in, a, in, in a market, somebody who had 80 million followers at least, um, to become competition now that you got to break up big tech. So there's, there's so many nuances kind of in this. And then one thing I want to go back to as well, I think we're at, a, we're at an interesting time in our country because we're talking about like uh, uh, foundational issues, First Amendment. Um, people mad about the election. Like these things are, are things that we are just seeing like totally different now. When we saw this last, I think, you know, 1860s when we when we got here last. So I think that, you know, when we see the same kind of thing totally different, talking about the people who, you know, felt along the sentiment that stormed on the on the on January 6th and mm -hmm. those like that don't feel that way. I just think that there's so much tension kind of brewing on every little issue that we're gonna get to a point where something is gonna have to give. Yeah. Trump is a media guy like you. I mean, that's a, a good I'm picking up all the slight stuff you're throwing in there. He is a media guy. And that, that would be the the um, um, money wise, financial wise. That would be the smartest move for him financially. And if you think about it, that was some of his most powerful moves, his tech policy. And, you know, I follow that. Mm -hmm. He went at Section 230. He went at TikTok. He went at the, uh, he just kept going at tech because he knew after there was going to be a place for there to be more competition uh, for a lot of that, too. Um, so um, I, I think we kind of wrapped up the national narrative. Anything else we want to throw in there before we go to uh, yeah. you know, some other things? Go ahead, Major. So, no, finish that thought, and there's something that I wanted to tag on. Okay. Yeah, I would just say, Dwayne, I, I think the biggest concern is this is a huge Distraction would be too little of a word, but we, we, we noted last time that as soon as Biden walks in the door, man, you got so much work to do. And now you have the added threat of domestic terrorism and cleaning the slate and dealing with all this other stuff. When, when I put you on the clock for my student loans to get forgiven, you got 24 hours. So I don't even, you know, but you're going to have so many things because he already talked about, you know, having them deal with the impeachment during the morning and then in the afternoon, focusing on getting his people ready to go. I ain't got time for that. Get these people in the seat that they need to be in because you got too much work to do. You know, and so I just, again, this is a mess. <clears throat> this is a mess. And to your point, we have not seen this type of mess since the 1860s. Um, I actually, so I want to kind of address we talked about how trump attacked tech because he knew that one he was an entertainer and two as a businessman that was where he made a great deal of his fortune buying smaller companies packaging them and streamlining their services to then sell to bigger vendors for him to have done that and now on his way out of the presidency all right so now i have legally dismantle or legally attacked some of these platforms and I've been removed from others and now I got this cult following, I'm going to just start a Twitter. I'm going to just start a Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, That's the plan. So with that being his 
And if we're being completely honest, you see that happen all the time. To Dwayne's point, um, I grew up in the age of Black Planet. My child will never know what it is. She will never know what MySpace was, uh, even though we should still be coding to this day. I don't know why it's not a thing. Remember so realizing Titan. that that was his um, focus when he got into office, I now want to bring some attention to Biden's first 100 days. Um and where he plans to put his focus, reasonably so, like 60% of, I'll say 70, 70% of what he's suggesting is all COVID-related, which includes your $10,000 for student loan relief. It's not all of it, but it's um, um, direct legislation for COVID. Um, but in that, he's also suggesting that he's going to do some police reform um, legislation, um, which I... I don't know what that looks like. I, I really am concerned about the bullet points that Biden's that but the Biden administration has released in terms of where their focus is going to be for the first 100 days, especially considering I don't even know if we can have an inauguration right right now. Like just as a serious topic, we have a we have a president who is refusing to relinquish power. And while I'm sure that there is some section and some pile of paper somewhere that tells us how we're supposed to handle something like this. You've never had a president be like, nah, I'm not coming. <laughs> so from like from a global standpoint, and in addition to us being a political joke <clears throat> on a global scale, um, I don't know if Biden is in a place where he can, I don't know if he in a place to handle all of this. I don't know if he has the team set up already that when he gets in there January 10th, 20th, that he can hit the ground running and address one, these seven things that he addressed in his 10, uh, first hundred day plan. And then two, the stuff that's actually being taxing to us. The fact that you have domestic terrorists who feel comfortable enough running into our, our legislative body. Like that is such a, um, it says so much about what, countrymen and um, being of one nation actually means in this country. And I think my concern for Biden is you had all of these people rally behind you because we couldn't have Trump come again. And I don't feel like he's footing the bill right now to make sure that he keeps our pro his promises to us. You know, I, I agree with you. And, and a lot of that is before he even could get there during transition, we're not giving you national security briefings. We're not giving you economic stuff. We're not giving you advisors. We're not giving you. So they're not going to hit the ground running. We know that. We already know that 100%. Um, but I think to your point, um, and I think for Biden, I think I think he's in a rock, in a, between a rock and a hard place. Because if he just deals with COVID and that's it, that's enough for 100 presidents to deal with. It's a great thing. Um, but it's still so much stuff like we talked about. BLM and defund the police and immigration and big tech policy and the economy uh, and and the insurrection and still our our teams on the out I mean our, our, the outward interest into the America import export the terrorists out there the wars that we have going so I mean anything that they can deal with I would definitely say put COVID first because that's kind of once you get yeah. that kind of in order okay. everything else can kind of move. Okay, here we go. You knew that that's what was coming with it. The rest of the world didn't stop. Life did quit because COVID showed up, and this ain't our first epidemic. It's not the first global pandemic. Sir, you you was here. I gave you the job description. And at the end, I said all other roles and responsibilities within this position. Yes. You got to figure out something else. I'm not taking that as an excuse. Hallelujah. The only thing I'll say is we're setting it up to say we want all this, and he's not going to do all this. I don't want all this. We know he's not going to do. We, we, know, we know what presidents do. We have no grace to give. I don't I care. Agree. I agree. She He has the full. What do they say in the movies? I'll bring the full weight of the U, the United States government on whatever. That boy, you better use the full weight of the United States government to if figure out. If we had a confidence poll, what would be our confidence in the Biden administration? What would be our, I ain't got no grace, our, grace our percentage? To give. What would I be? What would it be if you had my, to guesstimate? My expectations my, are high. My confidence in him. And 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 his administrative no, priorities. So I. If he treats the black women on his staff and on his team correctly, it will get done. Okay. However, in the podcast on that, <laughs> because what, <laughs> what, what, you did, what I want to acknowledge is and Put Joe on the shirt. 
parading around all of these yeah, black people. That should be on the shirts. That One should be our first night. Women are very good at. We will show up to work and do just enough not to get fired. Don't act crazy after I've done everything to put you in position and then you made promises or you were supposed to. Like, more specifically, don't tell me that all of these things are available and then when it's time for me to reap these benefits or it's time for you to hold up your end of the bargain, you like, I don't know. Okay. So, so, so this is what I got to respond to that, uh, Dwayne. Um, just keeping in the, I guess, in the, you know, in, in the same type of sense or what's been going on, what would Mitch expect? You know what I'm saying? What would the Republicans expect? What would all of the, their their uh, voters expect? They're going to expect everything that was promised to them, and they're not going to understand any logic. So I'm not understanding any, any. I'm not trying to be logical. I'm not trying to give anybody any grace. This is what the contract is, and I, I'm a blink. If every box ain't checked, I'm a blink because I don't understand. I'm with you. I'm with it. I, I would say my concern at this point is, look, I want to go outside, bro. <laughs> so can we please can we please get COVID under control? I, I mean, can we please get COVID? So I, I agree with Dwayne on. Listen, this is going to potentially be the biggest hurdle of your hundred days. Can you roll out this vaccine correctly? You know, can we get the vaccine into the hands of teachers and, and, you know, to get people back into schools? I mean, there are so many other things that, because I'm sure you all feel it as nonprofit leaders, you know, for, for us, the auto truck gets canceled again. That's the third year that there's no revenue for the eight nonprofits that typically use those funds, right? So that here's another year of shifting things, like, based off the fact that people can't really go outside for real. You know, I mean, even watching the national football game yesterday was kind of dull to me because it, it's still, as much as we want to enjoy it, they're still not, it's still not the same, you know? So I, I think there's something to be said for you have got to deal with the global pandemic, not even for the sake of me saying selfishly, I want to go outside, but people are still dying at a high, high rate. Like even in Detroit, you all, we have, we've lost so many critical, amazing leaders who have simply died from this from this virus. So I think he has to be under control. So what does control look like for the, and not a, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to spend too much time on it. What does control look like as far as the, the pandemic? Um, yeah, and, and the reason why I ask that question is because it's a global, we can look at other countries and, and what, and who's surviving and who's not or whatever. And, and that's what I'm, you know, that's the only thing that we can compare it to. So what is what does it look control look like? I think control looks like at this point you have a glimmer of hope with this vaccine. So you have to roll it out methodically and with all deliberate speed. <clears throat> and then I also think he needs to what what the Trump administration should have done was stop tripping with these masks, make it a national mandate that people are wearing masks. And then he should have did a tiered reopening, which is similar to what Big Gretch did. This is just a tiered reopening. She started opening up the UP first and then moved her way down. I think you got to do that, but you have to look at it from a national scale. And I'm not saying, oh, you should shut everything down again, but at this point, you're having higher numbers than you had back in March and April when we first started. And we've been in this situation for almost a year now. So, you know, I saw today that the CDC basically said in, in order for other people to come into the country, they had to test negative before they even got on the plane. So that I think those types of measures, there's going to be a couple more months of things like that to get us back to where we need to be. So I think we got a strain, a UK strain. I think we got a, 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 a strain that I think a US strain that might have been in Colorado or something like that. Then it was in New York. We got a, a strain in the motherland as well, or whatever. Dwayne, what was you about to say, though? Oh, uh, yeah, so I'll say, too. So for me, containment looks like uh, several things. One, it looks like, um, and we didn't get, get down into the weeds of this yet, but vaccine available for people who want to take it. Um, I think that you prep hospitals with everything that they're going to need from ventilators to however they're treating for, the, for what they have to do. I think we got to have, you know, operations on the ground that's helping people get tested and get in, you know, help improving health measures around. I think there's a lot of democratic money to throw at a lot of 
organizations and a lot of state-funded things that can happen to where, no, you're right, it's a global thing, so it can't be like, well, America's perfect and nobody's not, but having, you know, a clinical way to do it, having a social way to do it, having a lot of ways to do it, and that also goes into the economic way. We've seen that uh, COVID relief has been bringing trillions of dollars, so that means that homes can start to improve financially. It means that, you know, education can be had. It means there's so many other things. So when we talk about fixing COVID, um, there's so many things because there's trillions of dollars of relief along with it that can also be uplifts as well. So I think that's that, that's what I want to throw in. Um, we're wrapping up to our, our final 10 minutes here. Um, so I want to make sure we, we, we start to talk about a couple other things. I'm not mad if we keep this conversation going, but I do want to hit a couple others before we're done, um, especially, 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 um, you know, we talked about earlier, um, Tanya Allen is leaving the Skillman Foundation for New Ventures. Um, and was in part and in, in, in responsible along with Be Me, and I would love to know who else, and creating the fellowship that we all were a part of and how we met. And then it, this ended up being one of the products that we chose to, to build individually from that. So I definitely want to give just shout outs for every time that I've talked to her or been in her presence or, or been in any kind of thing like that. Um, even for work stuff, um, she's always been hospitable. It's always been good conversation. Um, always been something that we could build from. Um, and I, I want to thank her for whatever um, for everything that she's done here, and I know that whatever she goes to do in the future, uh, we'll be reading, seeing, and hearing about her because I know she's still connected and we'll be back uh, to the city as well. So I just want to give us a couple seconds to do that, and then we can popcorn into some pop culture stuff. Yeah, um, so we got our first um, grant from when I, when I came back to Michigan and um, from, from, for Journey. We got into this MBK uh, Detroit Innovation Challenge and, and Skillman um, ran that. Um, and, you know, that? That was 2000 and I don't know, maybe 16 or something like that. Um, you know, so we got our first grant from Skillman and a campaign for black male achievement. And that was kind of like our introduction into like this nonprofit uh, world. And, and we were able to borrow a lot of credibility from Skillman to kind of go over to different foundations and have conversations with them. So like Tanya Allen was always like at the very top um, as long as I've been around in this um you know, in, in this space or whatever. So, um, you know, I wish her the be the very best in um, her her next her next chapter. Um, for me, as a young Af a young black woman in Detroit who has built a career in nonprofit and philanthropy, seeing a black woman who literally started from grassroots activism, like she was teaching in classrooms and running after school programs with um, a local group in the city of Detroit. Transition that into where she is now, where she's leading one of the biggest educational and children-focused budgets in the city of Detroit, um, and in some places, the state of Michigan. And for me to see the work that she, um, see the work that she's put together over the course of her career, it has truly been a, 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 a labor of love and a, a visionary track. I'm, I'm thankful for the forethought that she put into creating an organization that supported programs like this, that supported um, Be Me and the Vanguard Skillman Fellowship, where I found my family. Um, I'm so happy that I was able to kind of witness her reign. Um, she's one of a handful of black women in the city of Detroit. And as she transitions, I hope that her new role supports her. Um, just, un, just as unabashedly as we do, um, because Detroit will always be home, but I understand the need for her to go and expand her wings and create greater impact. So well wishes, Tanya. We appreciate and love you, and we are so happy for you in this next journey. So I definitely wrote about Tanya and Phaedra in uh, Dear Charles, Black Women That Will Change the World, and rightfully so. I think Tanya has been unapologetic about issues that face Black children in Detroit, and we needed that voice. You know, you needed a voice that could um, be authentic um, and really speak to some of the structural issues that we face in education. So she's going to be missed. Y'all hear Prince in the background. <laughs> he woke up. He like TikTok. <laughs> no, he, he, I ain't going to tell you what he like. He a little different. Um, <laughs> he bad. He's a bad little boy. Um, but I will say that she just, you know, I admired her leadership. I think she just put Paul in Detroit. Um, she gave us somebody to look up to, um, and she was an anchor. So it's definitely going to be, her leadership is going to be missed. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so it was a couple of things been happening. Um, I don't know uh, what we've been listening to, but I saw Jasmine Sullivan drop some new music and uh, Black Twitter, Instagram, been going crazy over it. Um, I I love Jasmine. I haven't heard it yet. I can't wait to to, to listen to it. Any 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 kind of feedback on the new Jazzy? That's my girl. This is my segment. Okay, I waited my whole life for this. Okay, <laughs> right here. Hotels is literally one of the best artistic compilations of our generation. I feel like it encompasses the full journey of what being a black being a black woman is right now. Like from um, every part of like finding your, defining your womanhood, like from exploration to feeling as though you found a life partner, not a life partner, but someone who really gets you and it, like opening yourself up to them to acknowledging that that in itself, like lust is a emotion that you can encounter. And it's one that you should embrace with relative, um, <laughs> relative safety precautions. Please use condoms because Please. Once you're safe out here. Um, but what I truly appreciate it is that she compiled the stories of so many black women and talked about things from falling in love with, excuse my language, fuck boys. He's staying at his <laughs> mama's house. We know that. We are, okay. He's staying at his mama's house, but that thing good, so I make bad decisions. I ignore some of the some of the red flags that come into play, okay? So I know how much I'm worth, like, and that is, I'm not changing that. And for my husband, please know that if when I choose you, I ain't fucking with you for free. Like, there are some <laughs> okay. There are some benefits that come with having a wife. You you expect to be loved and nurtured, and your children reared, and your home taken care of. So please understand that when I drop it and throw that thing in a circle, I need a new refrigerator and a new Lincoln. <laughs> both of those on the first. So I know when payday is. I got the. Got the paydays listed on the calendar, so don't be coming here acting crazy. And I appreciate Jasmine Sullivan for putting that to not only a blissful tune and a nice acoustic set, but making sure that that was available for us in the midst of a pandemic. So, I, I guess this is just a Phaedra show. Uh, <laughs> a Phaedra show. Okay, when I say that that album literally has. It charted my twenties, like being like truly not knowing. I was like, okay, these last three songs, that's what come after this. All right, cool. I know where I'm going now. The the first, the first set, I was like, who child? This is this is ghetto. And to know that it like it transcends women. And before the the hecklers getting here, I know that there are a couple songs on there like bodies where it talks about a girl exploring her sexuality. That does not mean that she was out here getting bust down. What it does mean is that she took time to learn herself. And that she in, in taking time to her learn her to learn herself, she was able to communicate with her partners what my needs are. And there are women who tell their stories in between the tracks, which is super important because you get to hear that perspective. Um, and I, I'm very happy because it was an album for Black women. Like, of course, there are other people who can enjoy it, but it was an album for us to kind of find some reassurances between ourselves and see women like Jasmine Sullivan and Ari Lennox literally talk about being dumb over a dude. And I, I love Ari. I resonate with that. Like, I am here for it. Now, the other takes uh, on on, uh, on my girl Jasmine Sullivan. I didn't even hear about it. I, I'm I'm intrigued to listen now, though. I can. Oh, you need to. You need to. <laughs> I have definitely listened to the whole album more than once, and I and then I will defer to see Phaedra's comments. <laughs> uh, okay, so what else been going on? Um, let's see what 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 we've been up in in Aurora about. I, I would say I would say your girl Kelly Loeffler getting uh, her ownership taken away from the WNBA team. I just need y'all to chip in this two dollars so we can get the team. I, that's what I'm trying to do. That's Listen, what I'm I added Brown Brown and said, what's the buy-in, bro? You said you I, get the team when I, I added them. You know what I'm saying? I got Bitcoin, fam. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, you know what? I think that's a really good – when I saw that, I was thinking, like, wow, you know, we know what ownership looks like. Because think about even what – and I'll be quick. What Master P and Baron Davis was trying to do with Nike or is trying to do – um, what LeBron and his team is trying to do with with the with this organization with the with the storm in, in Atlanta, like we're really starting to see, you know, corporate business interests start to look a little bit different. And when they do, opportunities down the pipeline can look different. When ownership looks away, uh, front offices can look different. 
coaching staffs can look different. So things can look different depending on who's in position. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing from that perspective. Yeah, some people revolutionaries, but some people business revolutionaries. And I love to see that happening too. No doubt. Um, really quickly before we transition, this is something that's Detroit specific. So for all of my people who are in the city, the social equity licensing for marijuana adult yep. use facilities and medical marijuana facilities opens January 19th. For those of us who have access to whether it be the actual flower or the vertical integration chain that comes with it, tap in, read the ordinance, see where you can generate some revenue for your family. The last time we saw this happen was in Prohibition when they legalized alcohol. The Kennedys built their fork, their fortune off of this. If you're already in the industry, already in the market, figure out how to flip your money and do it the legal way because there is tons more out there for you, grants and free dollars for you to develop this, this business. Hey, and with that note, I want to thank each and every one of my co-hosts. I love having a chance to talk about current events with everybody here. I love that people can hear the conversations we have together uh, through the internet, and I appreciate the platform, um, and I look forward to next time we getting together. Um, any final one, two words before we out, before we get up out of here? You know, I always do my last couple. Any final words? Uh, I'll go first. Stay inside, uh, study, learn, get better, stay inside for different multiple reasons. Mask up, strap up. <laughs> I, 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 I can't follow behind neither one of them right now. I just, <laughs> just move forward. <laughs> All right, well, you know how I'm going to end it, man. Let's get this money and make a difference. Um, thanks for coming out. God bless and good night. Hey. Georgia. Georgia. This content was Georgia. produced by Chicken Circuit Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. Find more information on Instagram at the Chitlin Circuit.